0: that didn't record. Great. And now people are milling by the stage. Hey, everybody. Welcome down to another edition of Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, it is me, your pal Ian. Uh, We are here back in the capital city of St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Today we are in the the shadow of the historic Schmidt Brewery uh, over here on West 7th Street. We are at Joe and Stan's, uh, a bar that I apparently have not been to for a long time because it's totally been remodeled. (laughs) I thought it was like, you know, I remember this being a great... Old Dive, where uh, there's old men and people screaming at each other from time to time. And now it's totally different. They've redone the outside. Now it kind of looks like an Irish bar, uh, which is exactly what's next door. Uh, So it kind of looks like a continuation of Shamrocks, But it's very nice. The inside hasn't changed too much. But unfortunately, uh, we're here tonight, and they're playing the Eagles one of these nights, I guess in memory of Glenn Fry. On the touch tunes. Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. We recorded an intro for this before. It went really, really well, and then it didn't record. And now I'm trying to remember what the, all the hell I said. Do you remember what I said after that, night? I have no damn memory. Ah,
1: uh, You mean the, the screaming karaoke part? Yeah, I, got, right, I touched on that while stabby, you are getting a beer. Stabby? It was a bit stabby. That's okay. true. I noticed that on the interior they did tape two Irish flags <laughs> to Just sort see, of... Yeah,
0: because Joe and, Joe and Stan, both very proud Irish names in, yep. the, in the Gaelic. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, okay, now... They are Gaelic, aren't they? Are they? I just made that up. I have no idea. Um, Now, I transitioned out of that to make fun of Touch Tunes and how Touch Tunes is basically the death of bars. And this is something that no one talks about, and it's basically ruining... All the good tiny hole in the wall places, as is evidenced by Journey coming on right now, Um, because it used to be, you'd know you were at a cool bar when like the Clash was on the jukebox. They had a Clash album, you know, at the CC Club. Everybody like you you knew that was a good bar because you you could hear, you know, that same fucking Clash song over and over again. Or, hey, now it's Sepultura or something like that. And now everything's gone to touch tunes and it is the death of you know everything in my opinion but that's a really shitty jaded thing to do and i will go to uh our guest today who is a very old friend of mine not that he's old we've known each other for a very long time but he is older than i am uh still about a month or two older than i am <laughs> uh and he actually might be able to weigh in this let start off a little bit uh touch tunes uh ladies and gentlemen my friend uh, mr nate krantz the first intro is so much better i don't believe i blew that so bad
1: Oops. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what can you do?
0: Lightning in a bottle. You can't catch it twice. Uh, but yeah, so... And and, uh, and you uh, also... So let's the, Jesus, now I'm stumbling over things. I'm trying to remember I what I said. Yeah, no, no, okay, well, here, then take it. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, I'm the
1: general manager of First <laughs> yeah, Avenue. I'm, I'm, I think that that's was, what you said. Well, yeah, there's a segue and then, there. I forget and then, how it and went. And because I'm the general manager of First Avenue, that naturally means I'm also the general manager of the at depot. The, at the depot, yeah. And you wanted to know my thoughts on... On Touch Tunes, yeah. Touch yeah. Tunes, you know. And uh-huh,
0: because... Normally, uh, everything there is just through an iTunes or through yep, iTunes. Yep, yeah, at
1: our places, we just run through iTunes. And, you know, I get and like I said, I'm afraid of, honestly, what people would play. Yeah. I spend a lot yeah. of time at these places. I like my employees a lot. And yeah. I think they're afraid of what people would play. And okay. so yeah. we kind of like to take control of the tunes. And why
0: did that change? Because it seems like that was very much like, you know, you're setting the ambience. Every room should reflect, you know, the owners or at least, you know, some sort of... Guiding principle. Now it's pretty much do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, it, it's it's not for me. I can yeah. tell you that it's <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I like your point about being able to figure out if a bar was good. Yes, I, based I on think what was so on too. The jukebox, even if it was just hidden, even if it was you know forty you know CDs of the same old shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least somebody cool there could sneak in oh i know what else you said in the intro devo <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 devo, yeah. devo cd instead it's of a good. devo deep cut instead of a clash deep cut. i changed but it to clash so it didn't cool. seem like a rerun
0: yeah. like i was actually thinking of <laughs> stuff on the fly uh but we were here in st paul uh for a number of reasons um First off, um, we just announced that I'm hosting boyoki at the Turf Club, uh, another room that uh, you are the general manager of, I guess by extension, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you are very, very much uh, involved in the remodel there, uh, and it, it, the remodel—we're obviously in a room that's been remodeled. Yours, <laughs> um, even—I even, would even say more tasteful <laughs> than, than it is here at Joe and Stan's today.
1: Yeah, I'm picking up some ideas though. Yes. Especially, <laughs> I like the stage in the back yeah, and the yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Uh, backdrop. I well, guess.
0: It, it says in, it, there's a backdrop that literally says entertainment. Just in case you in you're, case
1: you didn't know, it's a
0: stage, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't get up here. You got to entertain. Uh, now, uh, really happy to be uh, doing Bowie this Thursday, the 28th at the Turf Club, all Bowie karaoke celebration. Uh, but how has it been uh, taking over the reins over the turf? A historic local room.
1: I mean, it was, it's you know, what can I say? It's awesome. I mean, yep. Um, you know, when that opportunity came up, that was a real easy decision for us when I found out, you know, I talked to Tom, the old owner, and we, we were having coffee, and I just mentioned, what's your plan with the Turf Club? Yeah. Did you ever think about selling it? And uh-huh. I should I should say that and we then had, And
0: then the money signs appeared in his right. eyes, and he's like, as a matter of fact, Nate, yes, yes I am. Correct. That is a, <laughs> pretty much how it
1: went, you know? And thankfully, we were able to work that out. We had been, um, at first half... Uh, obviously, I work with Byron and Dana Frank, yeah, the yeah. owners, and we had maybe for about three years at that point really explored trying to – we wanted to add another business because mm-hmm. you know we do shows all over. Yeah, and honestly, the Turf Club was not even on our radar because yeah, some of some else other places. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we looked at a lot of places all mm-hmm. over the you know all over town, both Minneapolis and St. Paul. But then all of a sudden it just dawned on us like you know what the turf club's a bar that you know like I've loved hanging out at mm-hmm. for a really super long time and it kind of became evident that we were doing a lot of the shows there already yeah. so we were already kind of booking the majority of maybe the bigger shows there and were you
0: thinking this is just going to be easy basically to slap some paint on the walls and everything's going to be fine
1: no because <laughs> because Lord no, knows we, that's not how it went yeah that's not how it went no we knew, we knew what we were getting into so because I mean, this is I mean
0: I mean it, it, it's good and I read an article at the time that you were interviewed in where you know people are showing up and going well I can't really see what you've changed which is nice but the changes were huge let's just go over some of them. can you even can you attach a price tag to that like how much how much money went into the revamp there
1: more than a million jeez okay yeah but I, I mean, mean, it was significant, you know? I new mean, they, bathrooms. The new. building had not been, you know...
0: Well, this place burned down at some point, right?
1: Yeah, that was in the 40s. Yeah, but it's still... <laughs> the structure had burned down. It doesn't
0: matter how long ago it you was. You can still, still see it. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you know, like, if you walk in, if you're in the back of the room or whatever, look up. You can see... We made sure when we when we saw... When we pulled out the drop ceiling and saw that you could still see the charred wood, mm-hmm. we're like, fuck it, leave it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Nobody, nobody the looks room. up. And see, yeah. But... Um, no, yeah, it was significant. The building was in bad shape. I mean, as far as it had all the character and everything like that that anybody wanted, but it's, you know, no matter how cool a bar is and how much character, it sucks working there when nothing works properly. Yeah. yeah. And you're constantly, you know, sort of, you know, putting tape on this and whatever, short term fixes.
0: Of course. But now, I mean, you've uh, invested. You got a kitchen in there. How's, how's stuff going there? That's it's going been, great. Good. Um, now, Since Bowie Oki is coming up right around the corner and I was hoping to actually have some Bowie influenced cocktails and everything has to get cleared by you because Mm -hmm. you're the top of the chain. Um, We're working on those. What what have you come up with?
1: Uh, You know, I I know Andy has something.
0: I think I think I might have leaked Andy everything.
1: Well, well, Andy, Andy came to me and he showed me a bunch. And see, this is where people don't always think Mm -hmm. because Andy is a booker. Yeah. You know, I book shows, but I also have to do the bar side of things. And he handed me a bunch of drinks, including a shitload of ingredients that we don't even carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, uh, when I, I told him, start over. I was like, I want, <laughs> I want
0: bowie influence cocktails. And then I immediately went, it just started sarcastically making them up. Like, you no, know, that's like, that's like, what we uh, like, should do. We can like, make one up right now. You found my segue. Expertly done. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> But, yeah, I, I was sarcastically coming up with, like, a Ziggy Gold Dust. I don't know. It's a pint of cider with some fucking gold schlager in it. Next. Panic in Detroit. It's a shot. It tastes like motor oil. I don't know. Next. You know what I mean? This is real easy. I mean, well, So if it's so simple, here, what do you got? I, I had, like, a, you mean, what, I have, like, a moonshine daydream. Do you have that moonshine crap there? No. Okay, well, next. Uh, uh, you know, as, as opposed to five years, I thought five beers. That's I like that one. The entire like a concept is you get five beers.
1: Yeah, I like that concept. That's a Boom. good one putting a star by down. that Let's, one right there. get some there. buckets?
0: Yeah, we'll get, get some Bowie buckets. Can make some Bowie buckets? You know what? I, we only have a week. Maybe for the next one, we'll have Bowie buckets. For this one, five beers. God I, damn it. Yeah. I've got to
1: think we can get a Bowie bucket going.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, China Girl, it's a sake bomb. You know I mean? They, these just roll off the top. Well, then I'm going
1: to have to bring in some sake.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, all right. Okay. Well, then, okay. Uh, but now, uh, but you already have some history
1: with this because the Depot, what does the Depot have?
0: Diamond Dogs.
1: Oh, we have Diamond Dogs. Yeah. See, you guys were already thinking of this years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, but you know, like we're not very good at naming stuff, which is why it's like First Avenue, <laughs> 7th Street Entry. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, okay. And, and, and uh, so somebody else had to come up with that. <laughs> but, you know, you still have <laughs> it. We got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, you know, maybe we could bring it over tonight. Oh, you Who think knows? we're bringing d- Oh, I, I get it. You maybe bring Diamond Dogs over for the evening. Because the Bowie I, I, thing. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I'm i concept in here. I dare to but anyway, uh, i Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, you got any? Let's, I'm excited. If you want to, if you want to spitball any of any Bowie cocktail ideas you have, anyway. I'm
1: going to think about it, and okay. it might just it, it might take me a minute. Okay. So if I just yeah, you know, just in the middle of uh, like Tourette's, what you'll yell yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and also, I mean, and, and being in St. Paul is uh, a twofold for us today because you are at the helm of a big new project. How many people is this how many people are going to be able to fit into the new place?
1: As of today, 2833. Jesus, almost
0: 3000 capacity room in downtown St. Paul, the the Palace Theater. This mm-hmm. has been in the, in the
1: works for how long now? I mean, when I was talking to Jerry, we're we're partnering with um with some people from Chicago, our friends at Jam Productions. Okay. Jerry, Jerry Michelson's the owner, one of the owners there. And we were all talking about this, I guess last week and I was sort of complaining, or I don't want to say complaining, bitching. but I was I was bitching <laughs> to my partners that holy shit, we've been working on this like I looked through emails yeah. for more than three years, yeah, and it's just it's 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 just taken a long time to get to this point because it's a big project. Damn straight and it is because this is, this place is basically hadn't been touched in how long? The last thing it did is when they were remodeling the fits uh, in I, I think eighty four. Wow. They did one season of Prairie Home Companion. They basically remodeled it just enough to host one season of Prairie Home Companion while they were doing the So fits. the place will not fold out. Yeah, and then and then it was used only the lobby. There is some small. Yeah, I saw there's something group. in the front, but yeah. that doesn't count. No, it didn't count. They didn't even let people into the theater so area. That was 30 just years the lobby.
0: just sitting there and you know let, not exposed to the elements, but oh, exposed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean you'd walk because in. there's several floors above it. I thought right there. I mean, well, not there? in the oh yeah, theater I guess apartment. so. Yeah, above yeah. the lobby, there's yeah. actually apartments. So okay. hopefully those people are cool. You know. <laughs> Hopefully they party because... <laughs> <laughs> and normally you say, well, you shouldn't have bought a fucking place in a theater, but like in fairness, it has not been open for 30 years.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I hope they're cool too, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, we'd walk in, you'd look up and you could see the sky and there's... A- Shitload wow. of water damage because yeah. there really was no budget yeah. to do anything with it. It's not, and it's been owned by the city this entire time, or no, it's it's been privately owned. Because
0: and you guys teamed up with the city to renovate it.
1: This has been a long-term goal and dream of Chris Coleman, Mayor mm-hmm. Coleman, yep. and Joe Spencer, who's on his staff, um, to see something happen with this. In I would fact, imagine
0: so because I mean it's kind of in a, the an area of town that's accidentally overlooked. It's like a a little blind spot right now because there's no fucking reason to be there. You wouldn't even know. Exactly. It's
1: in between everything and even people that are downtown St. Paul, they don't necessarily know that 7th Place is a walking pedestrian street or whatever like that. And so, you know, it's going to be cool. And we get this done we hope. And, and you know, the Boca is right across the 7th Place from us. So there Mm -hmm. is a little music bar going on. Um, Our friend, you know, Tony... Is the brewer over at Great Waters. And mm-hmm. so we kind of know some people in the neighborhood. And of course, Eclipse Records. Yeah, and, Eclipse Records just moved in, which and, is great. You know, Amsterdam Bar is another live music place. Mm-hmm. We do shows there sometimes, but they bring a lot of their own stuff in that's cool. And so, like, I think this is, like, the right neighborhood. To go in and do, this, and do this theater, yeah, and it's going to be, you know,
0: and I mean, and to have a room with that kind of capacity in downtown Saint Paul is kind of a
1: game changer. I mean, there hasn't been anything like that in forever. Well, it's going to be great. There's a there's a real need for it because I mean, you know, like the myth has a great room. It's just not everybody likes to drive out there. It's not convenient yeah. for everybody, yeah. and and so that's and it looks like, like a
0: fucking Best Buy. Or an IKEA. I guess it looks more like an IKEA.
1: And that and and that's kind of the go-to in that capacity because mm-hmm. this is almost twice as big as First Avenue, and yeah. so there's been a need for years for something in this capacity that's not the Orpheum Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which all, once again, it's great to go to the Orpheum to see a band that should be playing there, but it's also really fucking expensive. Yeah. And it's it's uh, some bands don't want a fixed seated. You know, yeah, audience, and, they and, want their audience to be able to dance or... And are you guys going to... So is there, what kind
0: of seating situation are we going to have there?
1: Um, it's going to be similar to some rooms, you know, around the country, you know, like out of the top of my head, I'll say the RIV in Chicago, but it's mm-hmm. um, kind of a tiered GA main floor. Okay. So there's like four tiers of floor. Okay. And then seats in the balcony. Okay. About 750 seated up in the balcony and, you know, a little over 2,000 downstairs. And how's it been like to work with the
0: city on something like this? Cuz you know, I mean, it's it seems like, well, that's going to be like somebody's parent or something walking around.
1: Individually, every single person at the city has been awesome to mm-hmm. deal with. Yeah. But it's def- I
0: assume there's monolithic things to move out of the way just to do stuff sometimes. Government's a weird thing, yeah. you know
1: what I mean? And there's in bec- because of the both state and city involvement, I won't lie, mm-hmm. sometimes it's been a pain in the ass to, yep. you know, like there's just government works differently than people that are in like private business where like we're used to being able to like just make decisions. Yeah, of course. And now this is like, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hurdles to jump through, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it. And and now we're kind of at that point, which is really cool. Like we've, we've jumped through the hurdles, we've figured out the budgets and, and, you know, basically dotted the I's, crossed the T's. And so now it's like, I don't want to say back to the fun part, but it was really fun for a while when we were just talking about, like, kind of dreaming about what the theater was concepting, going to be like, yeah. and concepting, and then the last year has been a big pain in the ass, just kind of like getting everybody on the same page, I guess, mm-hmm. right? And now that that's done, it's kind of back to the fun part of you know design meetings and yeah. What's it going to
0: look like inside? What do we what do we have to look forward to? I
1: wish I could remember the name of the concept. It's uh. uh Essentially, it's not going to be fancy. Like when they've done the other theaters, like what people so are, French
0: like, for whatever. Essentially, not fancy. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh,
1: well, but you know, I showed you a couple pictures. Yeah, of you, yeah. Right. Yeah. Not that anybody else can see that. But it, it, it it's. It, it, they're not trying to like refix all the ornate plasterwork and okay. stuff like that. It's sort of like a preserved decay or, right. or whatever okay. you call it. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're going to stop any of the damage that had happened. Like so, things have been pulled out of there because of water damage, things like that. Because
0: I assume this is nothing but old plaster in there. It that is does old not exactly plaster. that does not hold up well against water. Yeah, for, and it's for got a lot of years. water. And so yeah.
1: what we're gonna do is we're gonna save all the elements we can, but we're not gonna try and recreate it and mm-hmm. make this very ornate. Kind of like what Broadway. they did with the Pantage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah.
1: and and you know, those theaters serve a different purpose kind exactly. of. And yeah. this is more An, an active definitely room. more of a nightclub yeah. than, you know, like like style than mm-hmm. than theater.
0: Now, uh, what's, the, what's the street date on this? It might be too early to talk about, but when's the target date on this opening up?
1: Well, target would be December of 2016. So it's still pre- this year? Okay. When the construction is going to get done. I don't know that we're going to have a real active calendar immediately, but of we'd course. like to crank out. We'd at least like to get something. It's the theater is 100 years old this year from its original opening. Jeez, so okay. it would be nice to just have some sort of an event yeah. before the end of the year. Damn so straight. That's all of our collective goal.
0: You just get the damn thing open sometime (laughs) this year. No, it's a good goal. Uh, I mean, this has to be exciting. I mean, because I assume, I mean, your job, I mean, first off, fuck you. You have a very fun job. I mean, it seems like you're you're constantly traveling. You're constantly doing something awesome. But to have something like this that actually is going to stick around beyond, you know, ticket date has got to be pretty rewarding. What's it been like for you on that?
1: Um, you know, it's it's honestly it's been kind of a blur, but it's yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know I I, I it, much like when I book a show or any of the other stuff that it, that we do. I'm sure I'm going to be really super excited the night it opens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, but, it, it, you know, right now. Do you think you will actually be exciting or are you will
0: to be walking around looking at details and, and getting slowly pissed off by little things here and there? Because that's what I do.
1: I'm sure I'll be walking around having a few drinks, probably doing a little of both. <laughs> like maybe getting pissed, but also yeah. enjoying myself. Overall, taking in the, in the larger <laughs> picture as well as
0: the the macro and the micro yeah. all at once.
1: Same as when we did the turf club, you know. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. It, it, you know, obviously the scope of this project is way way bigger. But long time ago, I just realized that it's like doing a little show in the entry is really not a whole hell of a lot different. How is that? That
0: sounds that sounds considerable. More different. people to pay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, the skills that you need are basically the same. Okay. And and so.
0: Yeah. Now, and it's always the I mean, when I worked with you at First Ave, I mean, I, I remember us having a conversation where we were kind of our job was to, if nothing else, put on shows in the entry. Because if you don't have shows in the entry, who's going to graduate to the main room? Um, and what's going on with the entry nowadays? I mean, it seems is it still is it still that kind of priority there at First Avenue?
1: Yeah, we're, we, I mean, we try to keep the entry open. You know, I would guess last year we probably did about 345, 350 shows. That's a bunch. Some of those days that we didn't have them weren't because we didn't book anything, but it's rather because somebody canceled on us or whatever. So that really hasn't changed. I will say the Entry hosts a lot more touring bands Mm -hmm. now, frankly, because there's a lot more touring bands on the road. And so it is a little bit more of a difficult room to crack, I think, as a a local. Why do you think there are more touring bands now than there were? I mean, I think it's the only way they can make money. So yeah. I think if you put out a record and you actually want to be a musician, you, you got to actually push it. You actually have to try, and yeah. and also bands come around a lot more. You know, and and that sucks that you through. actually have to try now. You know, I remember <laughs> back when in the music industry; you can just like, ah, fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> I don't feel like doing shit. No,
0: get a van. Oh man, no, I ain't doing that. The,
1: the other thing that happens though is bands come through a lot more. Like, you, I mean, what was a typical like? What would a typical band do? Put out a record. Mm-hmm. Tour that record once, yeah, yeah, and then usually disappear for a year, put out, and then do L. it again. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, you know, like, like, I think about like maybe Father John Misty, he's gonna come through Northrop on his fourth time around yeah. on his newest record yeah. in the span of 13 months. Obviously, he's a bigger act, but that that's kind of the norm now. Yeah.
0: Um, now, in speaking of uh, guys like that, uh, you've been in a unique position where you've actually got to meet and be friends with some of your musical idols. Uh, but who is the one you're most freaked out to meet? Because I've got my list of people who would probably be for you, but I don't know.
1: Ah oh, man. Freaked out to meet? Because, I mean... It's I... weird. you got to put it in, like, the... Um it's like a moment in time, I guess. Like it, it, it's—I know for a fact—the one night that I was like really overwhelmed, you were supposed to be hanging out with me, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you and you chose to go see uh, David Lee Roth. I went to go see David Lee Roth and with Patty Aaron. Costello. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I ended up standing in my office with you know Chuck Statler, Mark Mothersbaugh, um. Uh, Richard Lloyd and Grant Hart. Still pissed off about this. This this. is fucking weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one time. And I was like, I bet you Ian would really be pumped to be here (laughs) right now.
0: Too bad. Too bad he's, you know, so in Crackerville, Wisconsin, watching (laughs) David Lee Roth yelp through the hits.
1: And when was that? That was probably, what, 15, 16 years ago or something like that? And so at the time, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, I, I remember, you know. I know the first time I met Mike Watt was in 19... Whenever that fucking Ball Hogger, Ball yeah. Hogger Tugboat came out. Was that like 95? Yeah. I suppose. And they, and they did a meet and greet at um, Old Chicago, downtown Minneapolis. Really? And I got invited because I, work, be I worked yeah. at the Down in the Valley, in Golden Valley. I was underage. And my boss was like, you like this record? Do you want to go? Yeah. So I went, I went to this meet and greet slash pizza party... Didn't get carded. Got to drink beer, hey. and then I had to wait in line for maybe fifteen minutes to get a Polaroid with Mike Watt. Which is honestly, once you actually get to be friends with Mike Watt, is the weirdest fucking yeah. thing yeah. possible. Yeah. Like yeah. having to wait in line, like at a at a signing to at go an old like, Chicago. Even. At an old Chicago basement to meet Watt <laughs> is fucking bizarre, you know. But it's yeah. all in context, and I mean, and this is. Odd. I mean,
0: I don't know how often this takes place, but I mean, you basically started off at First Avenue as just the the stoner kid who was doing ticket running. Mm -hmm. And now you're the general manager. When you started this job, did you have any damn idea that anything like this was going to happen? What was your what was your vision? for how this was going to go when you got the job. first off, I mean, I remember, you know, in that era where it was just like, I'm doing something First Avenue. Cool. You know, like, I might be able to get in to see the Meat Puppets. Cool. You know, and that was entirely it. Like, comp tickets were the only reason to be yeah. doing anything. And like 1995, 1996, I remember this very vividly.
1: I basically worked at record stores, and I was already on the permanent guest list mm-hmm. through selling first, I don't know, you know, that's what it used to be. Yeah. If you worked at a store that sold tickets, you got on the list. Yep. And I had no intention of working at First Avenue and actually uh, actively would say, like, oh, boy, I'd never want to work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankly. And I loved going there and hanging out. I just didn't want to work there. Why not? I don't know. I knew people that worked there and they just seemed <laughs> to hate it and they'd bitch all the time. <laughs> you know, like Tigger. Yeah. Tigger and like I, I yep, knew yep. some of the people that worked there and they are like, eh, you know, they always seemed crabby and yeah. whatever. It was, was part like, of the shtick. I like working yeah. at a record store and they can go to the show for free. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got fired. And I needed a job and I got offered that ticket running job. And I knew that was a sweet job because I knew that, you know, James Kelly, the old ticket runner. And he was a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I knew his girlfriend and or fiance, I should say. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you can definitely smoke weed and drive around to record stores. Why all not? Day. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if any place isn't going to smell, smell weed on you, it's going to be a record store. You're going to get busted so, for that. Can't happen. You know, I thought that was cool. And so I took the job and I literally had no idea there was even a job of a person who booked concerts. It how had never do, occurred to me. As how much, did you assume it went? I don't know. Like, 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 maybe like ordering records or something like that. The <laughs> record label sign, you know, yeah, figures yeah. it out and yep. sends you on the road. It just—it wasn't something that, it, 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 you know, if I would have thought about it, I would have figured it out. But yeah. I didn't think about it. I just concerts to me were something I went down to ordered a beer and watched a show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty quickly after I started at First Ave, I got you know Steve and I guess Jesse Mraz yep, was yep. booking then. And I would have to talk to them because I had all the ticket info and cash and shit. Um, and I figured out pretty quickly that booking shows was the cool job. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's why. Yeah, because you, you don't. These guys aren't sitting around bitching all day. So, well, you uh, know, uh, you know. I, di-
1: I didn't really know how to. I didn't really know how to lobby for the job, but I definitely knew how to look at the calendar and make it be known that I knew more about maybe some of the bands than they did. I'll go for another club soda, please. Thank you. So that's awesome, though. So now, and here we
0: are, um, you know, all these years later, and, and you're running the joint. I mean, that's got to be weird. And how was the transition like for you? Cause, I mean, uh, right when the whole shakeup happened, I didn't foresee you hopping into that role. That I mean, especially that quickly. Were you surprised to see that take place, or is it something you are kind of hoping to have happen? Thank you.
1: Uh, you know, neither, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I worked with Steve real close for about six years. Yeah. And in like when we worked together, I mean, Steve was clearly my boss and I worked real close to him. Mm-hmm. And you know what our relationship was like. Yeah. And um, then when Steve quit in 2005, well, first he was fired and then came back and then oh, quit. Really? Well, yeah, he got, yeah. he got fired in April of 2004. Okay. by you know that by Alan. Honestly, I I lost track
0: after a while. All I knew knew is I wasn't working there, and I would just kind of sit back and see what happened.
1: Yeah, Alan fired Stephen Jack. I think it was in April of 2004 or whatever. So then, you know, I worked there with Chris Olsen for a minute. Yeah, and he was the GM, and I was in charge of. Geez, really? Okay, yes. yeah. Now
0: was, I, there's this whole era of history where I it was moving Al- too fast for me to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. I,
1: when Allen fired Stephen Jack, Chris Olsen became GM. Zarkan. Okay, yeah. And then I and then I became like I don't I don't know what my title was. I was in charge of what wasn't operations. <laughs> you were at large. What What Chris didn't I love being at large. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> what what Chris didn't do I was in charge of all the you know the yeah. bands and music and things like that. He was in charge of security and all that other bullshit.
0: Um, Which I believe was actually, yeah, what it was called? Security. Oh, bullshit. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Maybe yeah, a dance pretty, net here yeah. and there. I don't know. <laughs> don't go too crazy over there.
1: But so then, so then you know, fast forward. Bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, the, Steve and Jack are back. Chris is gone. Uh, I had to apply to get my job back with Sonya. <laughs> yeah. Like me yeah. We're a team. Everybody knows that. Package deal. And so, you know, I came back. And then I got to work real closely with Jack, keep in mind, yeah. for the next five years or whatever because i was basically in charge of what i was before like the booking marketing that end of the business um but then jack was the general manager so i kind of got that unique perspective getting to work for both of the what i would consider both sides like both guys, steve, and jack. Yeah, the yeah. steve and jack and kind of got to see how both of them operated in in, in whatever yeah and i just kind of knew you know, kind of look around. I didn't see anybody else. I was, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I also was interested in it, especially at the time in 2009 when Byron approached me about doing the job. I was, I at that point, more so than in the past. I was actually very interested in that end of the business. Of course, yeah. So. And, and what's it like there now? Because I mean, it seemed that 30
0: years went by, and First Avenue had this great history of constantly almost being fucked. Like every damn day, something new could happen and we all could be out of work. And now it <laughs> seems that it's been a good 15 years and now everything's easy. Is that right? Is that a correct estimation? It seems like the kids today at First Avenue have no idea what it's like to show up and go, I wonder if this house, this ca- check's going to cash. Let's see. Yeah.
1: I would like to throw them through that a little bit because I, seems- d- I do feel there's like a line in the sand. The people, yeah. the people that remember. Oh, it was a like, nightmare. Like, do you remember Steve's closet? If so, you probably yeah. remember. Yep. You know what it was like. If yeah. you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Steve's closet, yeah. well you've had it too easy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like we have awesome we have an awesome staff, I'll tell you that. I mean in in it's it, it that's the the thing I will tell you that Byron brought to the table, I've said this a million times, is First Avenue has never run like a business. I mean mm-hmm. it was you know Yeah. Ever. It was a pirate ship. And he yeah, and he It was a came, goddamn pirate ship. He, he came in. And he still lets us do. Like, I will tell you, he has never talked to me once about losing money on a band mm-hmm. or about what we're doing with the band budgets or anything on that end of the business. But on the rest of it, on the, on the behind the scenes and the back room and all that, mm-hmm. he brought in a, a real businessman's philosophy. Of and course. This is why, why not operate this in a, in, in a way consistent with, you know... With profitable responsibility businesses, responsibility, and, yeah. and, and all the other things, and, and but also like a sense of pride, yeah, and all, and and and, and one thing that he was able to do that I got to say, Steve and Jack ran that club for what, however many years, 25 yeah, twenty-five years yeah. or yeah. whatever, with no support, no, from the owner at all, and in in Byron. It seemed like there's a
0: pocket p- of support around Purple Rain. Like after Purple Rain came out, it seemed like the owner cared a little bit. And then that was basically. I think they were
1: able to negotiate keeping some of the money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, even when I started there, I mean, there was still remnants of like, you know, an 80s golden period where a couple bucks came in here and a couple. bucks you could see little fixes that probably happened right around then. And then nothing.
1: Steve's Corvette wasn't running, but it was still in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Alan gave them no support and would not invest any money in the building. Yeah. Period. And so when you're working on a rundown thing, I, I could get into a million reasons of why Fred family is probably not this, too yeah, successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and, 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 and amazingly, you
0: don't have to have your background or access to facts to have, yeah. to have that many opinions. Really, A lot of them you can pretty much ascertain just by walking
1: in the joint going, well, all right, let's start at the beginning here. But I can I can say that since 2005. We've been on a nice run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and things are very stable.
0: Yeah. Uh, other than a little hiccup, man. I mean, and who would have thought that the, that the ceiling would have been an issue? I mean, that, I mean, in a place that had never been so, you know, looked at, so, you know, stress tested, so everybody, every little dot, talking, speaking of dot and T's and cross and I's. And then have something like that happen. I mean, thank God no one was actually hurt too bad or anything. But then the, the you took it down the ceiling now altogether, and, is, and I heard the acoustics are actually better. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. Like it, It's the only time in my life I've offered to spend money, and a sound man told me, don't bother. We like it this way. Really? Well, you know, because we're yeah. going to put more acoustic paneling to, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff, because I want to do it right. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, we, you know, just go back to that like, we were talking with the Palace and the Turf Club and mm-hmm. all that stuff. As much as we, you know, love the turf, put a lot of money into it and run it with a lot of pride in the palace too, First Avenue is always our crown jewel. You know what of I mean? Of course. That's, that, that, that's the, you know, that, that's the center of our business. And so um, we're, I wanted to make sure that once we were back up and running, the place sounded as good as it possibly could. Yeah. Right? And I expected that was going to cost us a lot of money in putting acoustic paneling and things like that. And then the people are just like, fuck it. Leave it as it is. It. They're like, yeah. Oh, we love this. It reflects. It's, you know, like, is that good? I thought reflection. OK, so, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it, it, like sound, a, man. No, I don't know either. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, they say it's good. It's good <laughs> by me. It's good. And so, you know, I just told them. I said, well, don't just tell me it's good. If you change your mind, say something, please. Yeah, because I, I can't fucking tell. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to have some ear for it at this point.
1: Well, I can tell if a room sounds if it sucks, good or not. I can definitely tell you if it sucks. I can identify what I don't like. Yeah. But, but yeah, overall, overall, like, you know, yeah, I, I can hear know.
0: it. Sounds all right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> lights are on. Fuck it. Let's, wire. Let's open the
1: doors. What what'd Jack say. Yeah. You know, lights are on. Beer is cold. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> That's all you need. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and do you have any big changes coming up in the future here? at First Avenue? Uh No. Yeah, I guess I mean, you're kind of at that I mean, point, huh? Yeah, yeah it's, there's not a lot. Things I mean, have been fixed. The beer is cold.
1: Well, I mean, the record room's closed still, because yeah. the, the, the ceiling, you know, it's the same ceiling in the record room as the ceiling that fell. Mm-hmm. and Which
0: is, which had been there since the 20s, right? I mean, this is the original. Original. This was the 19, Greyhound. Jesus, yeah. Plaster ceiling. Yeah. yeah.
1: and It's amazing it
0: held on as long as it did. What do you think about it? I mean, because it's just up there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Huh. Because it's basically concrete... Sprayed onto like lathe or something. It doesn't matter. But I mean, but it's been up there for a million goddamn years. I mean, everything else in that place has, you know, been fucked with or moved or something. It's just, yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's no reason to ever do anything. I mean, like I said, and then, you know, it it takes the ceiling, you know, this portion of the ceiling falling for somebody to tell you, oh, yeah, there's no real good way to inspect those or see what kind of condition (laughs) they are. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, if you do it now, you'd put a little hatch in it so you can pop your head up there, but they didn't do that back then. It's like, you know, it would have been nice to hear. just randomly that you know like during one of our million inspections that we may have, have to think about this something to be concerned about yeah. but yeah. we didn't but yeah so the sometime sometime in 2016 here we'll have to address what we're going to do with the record room and we just you know we don't know if we're going to redesign it or because exactly. it is
0: just it's such a weird little damn room i mean yep. and when we when you, we started there i yep. mean it was like a it was literally the the vip area I mean, yeah, it, was it was just half. this little tiny area. it wasn't even half mean, it was like a third like maybe the was, doorway open it pretty much went straight back and there's that that little bar right there, and then there's the first expansion where it went just to the corner, and then it went all the way back. But, I mean, it's just such an odd little
1: space. Yep. But it works real good. Yeah. Feels like a house party. Exactly. You get the right vibe going on, and it is nice to have a DJ room, which we don't, you know, we still do DJ nights in the main room or whatever or in the entry turf. And what,
0: and what would you like to have happen to it? Just kind of keep it DJ?
1: Well, f- first we'd like some clarification on what we can do with the ceiling. <laughs>
0: Always good to have. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is
1: kind of where we're at right now. We're kind of in a holding pattern, waiting to find out exactly what we're allowed to do. Yeah. And once that happens, you know, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I know that one thing is for sure we're not going to just redo exactly what we did because it's an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Once we have some direction, we will um, kind of look and see because there's things we liked about it, there's things we didn't like about it.
0: Yeah. So, Give me a number between one and 10. Seven. Everyone does seven. Everyone everyone always does seven. And this is this. Okay. so what we're doing right now is the James Lipton question. We do it every episode of Dive Bar Mitzvah. I'm going to give you a classic question as read on Inside the Actors Studio. Uh, So here it is. The James Lipton question. You gave me number seven. And this is probably the the most notable question uh, of all of them. Uh, What is your favorite curse word? Yeah, and it's been Jeez Yeah, well, jeez Well, that's very <laughs> Minnesotan of you Well, ladies and gentlemen, Nate Kranz <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Lately, I've oh, been
1: going for Jesus Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah That's
0: not bad <laughs> Every now and again, I break out fiddlesticks Just to fuck with people You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fiddlesticks. Lately,
1: lately, I've really been feeling Jesus <laughs> Well well, well, we are in St. Paul. A lot
0: of churches, a lot of cathedrals. <laughs> uh, well, Nate, thank you very much for hanging out with me at Joe and Stands here on West 7th in lovely St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, it has been a delightful time. I'm going to shake your hand. You can't see it on the podcast. There it is. Boom. You, All right. Uh, you got any final words of wisdom for anybody?
1: No, I'm still trying to come up with a drink. Yeah, I know. We really like screwed up like on, on this. Was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really come up with one yet. See,
0: it, it, it seems so easy. But, I mean, honestly, I mean... If You're going to get a text from
1: me at some point. Good.
0: Uh, but, I mean, uh, really, if we if we have Ziggy Gold Dust, do you have Gold Schlager?
1: I think we do. I would assume. Yeah, it's like Galliano. It's I like on a back bar,
0: and it's dusty, but it's still there. There's
1: different stuff in St. Paul that people just don't order, and so we have different stuff at the turf than we do at... Like uh,
0: Blackberry Brandy? What would you have there that... I I just kind of assumed, you know, we would just say we have Bowie-influenced cocktails. And then whoever was there that night would go, ah, fuck. And then, like, make up something dumb. And they're like, there you go. Boom, it's $5. Have one. Have you ever
1: seen Ronaldo and Clara? No. The Bob Dylan movie? No. Great part where Charlie Daniels is having an interaction with Mick Ronson. Okay. And I can't remember exactly. I'm already in. Yeah, that sounds great. I've been trying to find this clip on YouTube, and I haven't been able to find it lately. Or or since Bowie died or whatever Mm -hmm. is how long I've been looking. But I just remember, like, I can't remember exactly what's happening, but Mick Ronson's trying to go somewhere, and Charlie Daniels stops him, and he argues, and Charlie just says, I don't care if you are David Bowie's lead guitar picker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so we need, we That's my word of wisdom. We need uh, a lead guitar picker influenced Charlie Daniels. Kind of drink, yeah, maybe. And I'm excited about this. For if nothing else, I'll be off this. I'll be off this fucking cleanse by then. I haven't, I haven't had a drink or a cigarette in three weeks.
1: Do you do this every January? Every
0: January. Jeez, man, I, I hate it. Yeah, this is horrible. Did. I would hate it too. I haven't had any coffee. Haven't even had a cigarette.
1: Holy fuck! I had a hangover last Monday that made me want to stop drinking for.
0: Well, and that's the good thing because I mean, I come <laughs> back from New Orleans. I host First Avenue's yeah, New Year's. Yeah. It's usually a good time to kind of like, you know, like,
1: you know, I'm going to take a step back. Spent too much time at Snake and Jake's. Yeah. (laughs) And this is, yeah. And and now
0: (laughs) now here I am three weeks later, like, and I've removed basically all of the, you know, the feelings of like, you know, being happy and and joyful. And now I'm just kind of like short with people and angry. But then that's what I was like before I started drinking. Like a lot of times I was just kind of a a stressed out (laughs) little 18 year old asshole probably could chill out and have a fucking drink. And on that note, let's talk about our sponsors, everybody. Pabst Blue Ribbon, go for the beer with exceptional flavor, always in the picture and always in good taste. Add extra flair to those leisure time activities. Put original PBR in the picture. People of good taste naturally go for its old time beer flavor. Original Pabst brewed as it was when it won the gold ribbon in 1893. So next time, put yourself in the picture and enjoy original Pabst Blue Ribbon. Also a shout out to our friends at Stand Up Records. We like our comedy like we like our booze, straight up and bitter. Check them out at StandUpRecords.com. They have new albums out all the time. Uh, we got new albums out by Jim David, Maggie Ferris, and um, if you have a Roku, go to their Roku channel, to the Stand Up channel. All sorts of great stuff there, including my old television show, Drinking with Ian, and our friends over at FGC Creative. Attention bands and bars, if you're looking to get the most out of your market, Budget, they've got the deal of the year for you. FGC Creative will custom design a shirt with your logo and screen print it on the best shirts around. And here's the deal say you heard it on Dive Bar Mitzvah, and you'll get them for only five bucks each. No design fees, no setup charges, and free fucking shipping i threw in the fucking for free too because that's a deal visit them on facebook or at fgc creative.com i know their shirts are awesome because they made a whole bunch for dive bar mitzvah and i'm going to give one to you tonight Nathan. and they look like Great. the major league baseball logos it's like it's that. not like everyone else has stolen it i thought i'd steal it too and uh you can get a shirt if you show up at Triviasco this tuesday at Clubhouse Jaeger, or, like I said, like 90 times in this episode, this Thursday at the Turf Club for Bowie Oki, all Bowie karaoke celebration hosted by me, your friend Ian. But one thing we haven't talked about is we're going to have costume contests, and I don't want people to, like, half-ass this. I want to see actual halfway decent fucking costumes. So please, come on down. It'll be fun. Awesome. Thanks, Nate, again, uh, for hanging out with me. All right, now I'm going to sit here and stare at the bar and wonder why the fuck I'm not drinking. (laughs)